0: doing everything that God has you to do. And, you know, when you're operating at the level that that you have to operate as a pastor, the enemy don't want to leave you alone. Because he knows if he can take out the head, Amen. he got a good chance of killing the rest of the body. But yet we say, and I thank God for Pastor Sal and Pastor Matisha, his co-pastor, because they're standing. Amen. amen, and they're making a difference in Newport News. Amen, amen. and those of you who know Amy and Richard, they're members of his church. And I just got informed early this morning that Brother Jones brought the message in Newport News this morning. So promises are yet being fulfilled on the East Coast. Amen, amen. as we're yet going forth here. So without further ado, amen, I'm going to call forth Pastor Salvador Bentu sing your
1: y'all may be it. on Friday the pastor shared that the seed you planted is bringing you back through and I want to give to our pastors the best come on up here Tori. I want him to lay the foundation for this message. Hey! you so much for this moment that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight for you are my Lord and my redeemer there is no one like you. Words with me this morning. First Kings chapter eight, starting at verse fifty-six. I got some work to do.
2: As you turn in your word to first Kings chapter
1: eight, verse fifty six, I want to give honor to God. It is by him, through him, certainly because of him. That I stand before you today, honor to my pastors, your pastors, Pastor David and Pastor Linda, who have been both our pastors and our friends, through thick and thin. Can I have Pastor Fred and Sister Aretha stand? Where's Aretha? She's probably got a baby in her hand somewhere. I just want to honor Pastor Fred. Uh, our pastor, man, him and I came to the church about the same time, and we had similar hearts. Many years ago, a pastor friend of mine, I was a young minister in a church, and the pastor was called to the church. And uh, they, They'd come into town, and I didn't want to put them up in a hotel, so I brought them into our house. I moved out of our master bedroom and I gave him the house. It's your house. Go do what you want. I, I'd known the man maybe a week. And I thought to myself, "That boy, you crazy. But today you brought that seed back. This week you brought that seat back. And I want to honor you because when you honor, God is going to honor you. And there is so much more for you. You have no idea. But I want to honor you. Because to serve another man's vision with the passion, dedication that you do without talking back, without thinking back, and never pulling your hands off the plow, takes a unique gift and a passion that will repay I want to tell you, I served on them for two years. I can only imagine what 11 plus years I'm going to bring back to you, bro You don't want to I want to bring honor to my first lady and my co-pastor. The innumerable, audacious, phenomenal, inspirational, my joy, who makes me complete. Co-Pastor Matisha Denton, I do bring you greetings from Newport News. The Joneses wanted to be here. Uh, Richard Jones is about to deploy for nine months, so he's only in town for a week. Sister Amy Jones has come on board our trustee ministry, and I wasn't letting her out of town. And so, know that they wanted to be here, but uh, pastor wouldn't let them, So, I kept them there, and I put them to work. Amen. All right. Thank God, Pastor Linda, for bringing people who were ready to work. <laughs> I want to give honor to all the pastors. Of you may have seen all the pastors that are in the house, all the ministers that are in the house, all the elders that are in the house. It truly is, truly is an honor. I want to give honor to the leaders of Living Faith Christian Center, Woodby Island. It's an awesome thing to serve in the capacity of leadership of a church. I want to give honor to the LFCC Woodby Island staff. You all were instrumental in us getting here, always key. Do there any way we can turn this light off? Hallelujah. You well, can't yeah, oh, praise the Lord.
3: <laughs>
1: I was watching Pastor uh, Hit uh, on Friday. That hit was beaming. You know, there's no much protection up here. Honor to the members and visitors of LFCC. I know many of you are gathered for the Pastor's 20th anniversary. and Many of you, this is your regular Sunday. There is a word for the Lord. As, as Pastor David asked me several months ago, and for many of you, I want to tell you up front: I wrote this sermon months ago. I also want to tell you that I sat before Pastor David the other day and told him I didn't want to preach it. I don't feel <laughs> I'm trying to use the right words now, Pastor. I don't feel deserving of. Given this message but to God be the glory I want to preach from this title promises given promises fulfilled but what was your part?
3: Wow. All right. Come on, promises given
1: and promises fulfilled but what was your part? I, I do need to ask you to one pray with me too. stay with me I'm going to take you on a journey this morning it's going to be rough, but I need you to trust me just for a few moments. Amen? First Kings chapter, 50, chapter 8, verse 56, and it reads, Praise be to the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel, just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the good promises he gave through his servant Moses. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he never leave us, nor forsake us. May he turn our hearts toward him and to walk in obedience to him, and keep the commandments, the decrees, and laws he gave our ancestors. Promises given, promises kept. The context of this scripture is the dedication of Solomon's temple. The first verses of chapter 8 are the summoning of the people of God to the temple, the sacrifices and celebration of God who lives amongst his people, and answers his promises Chapter 8 says there were so many sacrifices that they could not count them. When God's people are in order, following the direction and vision of God, there will be sacrifices that you cannot count. There, there will, God will give into your bosom more than enough. And that's key, though, but it takes the body of Christ the people of Christ, the leaders of Christ, to work together in unity. Following a lengthy prayer to God for the temple and the land, Solomon rises from the altar and uses these words I just read before you to bless the people. The context is the focus of our celebration this week, the completion of a work in order to start the next step. I I want you to know the completion of this work was only a pause to start the next work. I apologize if some feel that now that we are done, we're going to rest. The rest is in the refocused rest, which means faith. Now that I've done this, I can do that. It's now, the rest is really the rest of the work. So now that you are done with this, it's time for that. This is the analogy the Lord gave me. Just like a farmer who finishes his barns, rests, he now focuses on the reason for the barn in the first place. So too is the context of Solomon's prayer to God and to the people. As I contemplated this passage and message with God, I said to myself, Lord, what does a pauper say to a king at his celebration? What what, what does a drop of water say to the ocean at its celebration? What, what What does a pebble say to a mountain? Come on. What, what, come on. what does an ant say to a horse? What, what does a ghost say to a walking human being?
2: What,
1: what do I say? The only thing I have is the words of the Lord. Living faith, I present to you the words of the Lord. Turn with me to Jeremiah 22. Look at your neighbor and say, watch out. Look at your other neighbor and say, read that word. Jeremiah 22, verse 1. This is what the Lord says. Go down to the palace of the king of Judah. Proclaim this message there. Don't you love God? I love it when I ask God for something and he just gives it to you. You can't miss it. Hear the word of the Lord to you, king of Judah, you who sit on David's throne, you, your officials and your people who come through these gates. This is what the Lord says. Do what is just and right. Rescue from the hand of the oppressor the one who has been robbed. Do no wrong or violence to the foreign, the fatherless, or the widow. Do not shed innocent blood in this place. For if you are careful to carry out these commands, then kings who sit on David's throne will come through the gates of this palace riding in chariots and horses accompanied by their officials and their people. Verse 5. But if you do not obey these commands declares the Lord, I swear by myself that this place will become a room. I understand the context of this scripture. The scripture is Jeremiah sent to the king to speak to a wicked king who would not listen to God. No, Pastor David and Pastor Linda are not a king, nor are they wicked. But the words spoken to this king are still true. And the lesson in contrast to the words of Solomon are the focus of this word. I ask you, what happened? Solomon, richest man that ever lived, wisest man that ever lived, builds a magnificent temple for God. God, who once was only known by word and deed, then came to the mountain and met with Moses, then went to the tabernacle, and after the tabernacle was gone, went into the temple. What happened from the time Solomon dedicates the temple to now Jeremiah, the last prophet in Judah, speaking to the king of Judah 450 years later? What happened? How did Solomon become the last king of unified Israel? What happened? What If we had such a magnificent temple, if we had a place that God resided with us, spoke with us, and we had a place that we all loved and enjoyed, put our heart into, what happens 450 years later? They're being kicked out of the land. What happened? What happened? What happened? What happened when Solomon the king is dedicated to the temple, the priest's are doing the sacrifices, but now the priests are out of place, the king is out of place, and the only one that will speak is a prophet that's in jail. What happened? What happened to all the money they had? What happened to all the joy they had? What to all the victories. Remember, God instituted feasts, which means that at least five times a year they would come back to Jerusalem and every time they were supposed to remember the words of the Lord and the people were supposed to teach their children so that the legacy would be God would never leave us nor forsake us. But here we are in Jeremiah and he is telling his own people, you got to go. What happened? What happened? What's what happened to America? What happened to a people that landed at Jamestown, almost starved to death, begged God for food, and God sent Native Americans to teach them how to farm? What happened to a nation that once used to declare, we are one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all? What happened? At least Israel lasted 450 years. What happened? What happened? This is an important lesson. Because while we are celebrating 20 years, we won't get 20 more minutes if we don't do it right. While we're celebrating 20 years, what part was ours in that 20 years? What part was yours that you did? What part was yours that you should have done? Look straight ahead. Don't look to your neighbor. In order to get to 20 years, In order to get from Solomon to Revelation, when a new heaven and a new earth shall return, it takes a triune. Yes, it takes God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son, but it also takes a triune here on earth. It takes the pastor, it takes the leadership, and it takes the people. While Jeremiah is speaking to the king, he's speaking to all three groups. The words of Jeremiah are true, especially today. How much time do I have? done right about that? But let me speak first to the pastors. Jeremiah declares to the king, do what is just and right. And I say to the pastors, Continue to do what is just and right. Don't pull no punches. Don't worry about feelings. After 20 years, you want to know their feelings don't matter. You want to know if they're going to go, they're going to go. Words you say is not going to turn. And in fact, after 20 years, you want to realize that sometimes you should have let them go years ago. And you would have had to live through all the problems before they finally left. God says, don't second-guess yourself. Do what you've been doing. The recipe that got you here is the same recipe that's going to get you there. Lead them in obedience to God's Word. I say to you, pastors, you feel unique because you are. While many pastors are falling, you are still standing. Amen. look around we are standing on your shoulders do what you do so God can do what he does to the pastors I say fear not for I am with you God says even to the end of the age do not bend to fit in stand as a beacon of hope Truth yeah, yeah. and fervency. Yeah. When the prophet cried out to God, say, "God, I'm the last yeah. one in the land." Uh-huh. God says, "Not so. Yeah. I reserved for you." Yeah. Pastors, we were in the back talking. And he said, "If we would only unite." Uh-huh. But the reality of it is, the battle is so fierce yeah. that many pastors are camouflaged. Uh-huh. Uh-huh they prefer small groups because they don't want to be exposed. Instead of going from the army, large battles on the battlefield, they've, they've resorted to jungle warfare. Just like in Vietnam, they swim from tree to tree, skirmish to skirmish. But God says, I need a giant to fight a giant. Don't bow. Don't change. Don't second guess yourself. The truth is still the truth. What got you here is going to get you there. And there is more to come. To the pastors. I'm calling you. To greater things. To higher things. And in this call you're going to have to trust me just like a parent who leaves a child in somebody else's hands when they go off to work God says I've got you you've invested 20 years the child will still be alive the child will be working have some bumps and bruises sometimes some parents are more rougher than others but trust me, because I can't use you out there if you're worried about your baby back To the leaders, leaders of LFCC would be out. God, through Jeremiah, told the king, rescue from the hand of the oppressor, the one who has been robbed. I hear the Lord clearly saying to some of you, stop it. You serve with your actions. You serve with your words, but your heart is not with Pastor David and Pastor David. You cannot rescue someone who has been robbed if you feel robbed yourself. It is a lie you must face, acknowledge, repent, and get right. You cannot follow if you are always looking for your own directions. That is called backseat drive. God told me there are four leaders in this church. You don't get your act together, you won't be here next year. Your job, leaders, is to wash the people, not hurt the people. Please, please get that right. Don't overpower them, but rather empower them. You are a great team continue to work together. But one thing I want to tell you after 10 years of pastoring, guard your unity. It is and always will be your most precious commodity. If you have a leader that's not following, don't wait for the pastor. You put him out.
3: Amen, amen.
1: Say that. Please, if I'm wrong, I'm telling you, have to tell I tell my leaders all the time. If you ain't with us, find out and put them out. Send them my phone number, send them my email, and tell them to tell me, Elder so-and-so, deacon so-and-so, minister so-and-so told me, I ain't got my act together and I'm leaving. Is that true? I'm gonna say, Well, they told you. <laughs>
3: What I do in my house, if you're out of order, I
1: sit you down for two weeks. Two weeks. you got to figure out whether you're with us or not. After two weeks, you come back. Here's the deal. Are you going to submit or not? And I tell them, please, please, please. It will be easy for you and easier for me because I'm not going to do anything different. But God is going to whoop your butt. Save yourself the butt whooping. Save me the heartache. And we will get our act together. But after two weeks you ought to at least pray. And if you walk in my office and you ain't praying and fasting. That's not alright. You ain't serious about this thing. Because nobody can lead God's people without praying and fasting. Let me say that again. Leaders. Nobody can lead God's people. If you don't have a regular praying and fasting time. That's probably why you struggle. cannot be done. Well, how do I know that? Because Jesus, the Son of the living God, did it himself. And I'm telling you, he did it. And he had all power and authority in his hands, but yet he submitted to his Father in prayer. In fact, that tells me that little old me, who barely got enough power to rub my fingers and my thumb to get high, at least ought to duplicate what he did. I admit, I ain't ready for a 40-day fast. I've been fasting for 40 days. I'm not sure I can make 24 hours, let alone 40. I know it looks like a God has been good to me. I, I say to you, leadership team, in the coming months and coming years, as God has laid the apostolic mantle upon Pastor David, you all are going to have to be ready to leave. You're going to have to know him like he needs you to know him so that while he's gone and out of communication, he knows you're going to make the same decision he knew. And the only way you do that is to sit at his feet. I'm not talking about physically, although that's a part two. I'm talking about in your heart. If your heart is not at his feet, you can't duplicate what he does. You can't hear God like he can. Because the Bible says that the oil rolls from Aaron's head down. God does not skip parts in pastor, it's got to go from his head all the way down to his feet. And if you're not at his feet, guess what you're getting? Y'all can say it. Nothing. I can stand right next to him. The glory of the Lord fall all over him. But if I'm not at his feet. Here's what I want to tell you. Leftovers from the man of God. Is better than nothing at all. I am a pastor today. Because I got some leftovers. From Pastor And why? Because when he's full, he's full. That's the concept between Moses, Aaron, and her. That while he has the strength, Aaron and her, come alongside of him and hold his hands up so that God can fill him, fill him and fill him and fill him and fill him. And you might feel empty because you ain't close enough. And yes, because you're a leader, the enemy's going to come after you.
2: The scripture says, Many
1: are called, but few have chosen. I want to say this. It really says, You're all so quick to agree with the preacher.
3: It
1: says, Many are called, but few are chosen. I want to tell you, the verb in that scripture is wrong. Look it up. Think up the Greek and reevaluate that scripture. It really says, Many are called, and few have chosen. True statistic. There are a thousand times more people on this planet who have accepted the call but not walked in the call. And there's millions more who had a call and never answered at all. It's not good enough to just answer. It's not. It's not good enough to say, here I am. Use me. And then not be used. What good is a car if it never gets driven? What good is a house if nobody ever lives in it? Leaders, you've got to realize. Don't get consumed with the fight that you cannot lead. What do I mean by that? Many of you know I'm a retired e- maybe you may don't know, I'm a retired EOD tech. Simply means that when I first, young enlisted, I was the guy that went down range. You know the old movie, you look up, red wire, green wire, which one do you cut? Uh, I wish it was that easy. But as I became senior, I'm the guy that set the guy down range. And one of the things I learned, if I am so afraid, That he is going to kill himself. That I cannot help him the only way I can, which is to be the only one thinking clearly. Because I'm not consumed by fear. I'm not in the bomb suit. I don't have sweat coming down my face. I'm not enclosed and focused on this one. But I'm the guy that's got to make sure that when we're done fixing that bomb, we have a way out of here. I'm the guy to make sure the batteries don't run out. I'm the guy to make sure that he's got oxygen down there so he don't suffocate Why? And I want to tell you, leaders, you've got to sometimes back up off that fight and leave. Because we can be so consumed because the enemy will keep you bound just by messing with you. It's kind of like the kids that run, ring the doorbell and run. You're trying to sit down and relax. Bing, boom. get up there. and do it. Bing, bong. Get up there. And I'm telling you, some of you leaders, that's what the enemy's doing to you. He keeps ringing your doorbell because you keep going. I tell you what, after a while, forget it. Holy Spirit, there's somebody at the door. Take care. I want to help you. I'm telling you, I want to help you. After 10 years, I've learned. And my prayer in these last few years, these last 18 months, is, Lord, don't let me be distracted. You don't know how close I came to quit. You have no idea. I know I look pretty when I see a long and I'm preaching. But if you don't get it right, you will be taken out. Pastor cannot make the decision for you. Either you're in it or you're not. And you can't have one foot in. The enemy will take you. It's either all or nothing. It's either all or nothing. There is no in between in God's house. And I'm staying on the leader simply because there's an urgency in my spirit. I do not want to come back a year from now and see what I said. Four of you gone. don't get all wrapped up. Lord, is it me? Yes or no? He says yes. Repent change. Fix it. It's that simple. It really is that simple. To the people, do no wrong to the former. The fatherless or the widow, do not shed innocent blood in this place. Whether you've been here one day or twenty years, You are a critical part of the ministry. We cannot do it alone. Your charge is to encourage and accept into your family and your ministry. That is your role. Nothing is given to you to do forever. Nothing is given to you to do forever. Great motto in the military. Always train your replacement. Now, it's easy to understand the military, because you're only there for only a short set of orders. I told Pastor David when I came here, I I already had following orders. I got here in, uh, what month was that, something? June of 2000. I already had orders for June of 2002. I said, I don't know what I can do. But while I'm here, I got a deployment in the middle of all that. I don't know what I can do, but I'm here to do it. cannot do it alone. You members are to help them wash. Here's your role, simply and put. As they see you going to be washed, then they will be encouraged to go to be washed. There's nothing that hurts a new member more than they come to a church. There's a next event. They're all excited to come to that event. They show up and nobody is there. That's the last time they'll be there. Because if the membership ain't coming, even if I don't see anything wrong, there must be something wrong. And as a member, I want to tell you, you have a critical role. The young lady who stood up here said, I've only been here a couple of months. Where is she by the way? Stand up, girl. There's something powerful coming out. Of you. Tell your husband to let you go. In ministry, thank you. That's why I'm I assumed marriage was a foregone thought. I certainly wouldn't speak against it. If you've been here a long time, you should show it by being the first in the door and the last out the door. If you don't demonstrate the passion and obedience to the man and woman of God, don't show new members what that looks like, how are they going to know? If you don't demonstrate honor because you've been taught honor, how are the new members going to know? you live in a very transient place. And they come from all shapes, walks of life. And especially now, all kinds of denominations and beliefs. Who knows? We were talking the other day. Some folks come, and service is only two hours. They don't know what to do with themselves. Like any folks in here who to go to church for six, eight hours? Look around, look around, look around. <laughs> Don't ever complain. Church is too long. One, some of us weren't always ready for Sunday. <laughs> I was in church longer I was at work. But membership—you're the one that shows the excitement. You're the one that shows you when. Your lead. And the pastors and the leaders can teach and preach. They can pour their heart out. But if they're not seeing you do it, they won't do it as well. I got to go back to the leaders one more time. God said this, in this last push, many of you leaders withheld your money. You got something to make up. Members, members, please, don't be jealous of those who are doing what you are not willing to do. Yeah. I got some new members clapping, I know. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not willing to do it, why do mad at somebody who God brings in to do it? Yeah. You will know God works that way, right? Yeah. He brings you in, he gives you a task. says do this. If you don't do it, guess what God says. i got another one right here. Let me me ask you a question. How many of you in the military here had orders someplace else and then got orders here? Raise your hand high, raise your hand high, raise your hand high. Look around, look around. You you know why? You know why? I'll tell you why. Because the people that were here were willing to do what they were supposed to do. Pastor Teach and I were supposed to go to Siganilla, Italy orders in hand. We were a couple of weeks away from the movers coming. And God said, you go to Oak Harbor. I remember we'd have Google back then. (laughs)
3: AAA
1: didn't have it on their
3: map. (laughs)
1: Get mad, you're right. Because here's the deal. God didn't send them. God did not send Pastor Tishanai to replace anybody. He came us to give them an example for those who were here already to do what we've been doing. If you don't catch that, you'll be mad at Pastor i for the rest of your life. God did not send us here. That's why he only gave me 18 months. So you got to go three years he did not send anybody here anybody is not here to replace you they're here to influence you and to encourage you and yeah to stoke you to jealousy that's the way God he says I want to make you jealous after the man and woman of
2: God and if you will get that right
1: Don't raise your hand. But how many of y'all are ready to leave, O'Connor? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Ready?
3: God, you can. Tell, I, I know. I
1: look straight ahead. Look straight ahead. Here's the deal. You ain't gonna leave till you get it. As long as you're listening to God, He's not going He's not gonna let you leave. Until you get what it is he's trying to teach you. So if you're trying to book, get right. God has you in this fold. Because here's the thing. He has you here for a purpose. And God doesn't care if it takes one day or 20 years. He's going to get it to you. Amen, amen. Don't don't be that one. You know how many people have sat across... 50 years, 60 years, and finally the light bulb comes on. Oh. And they say to themselves, if only I got this. I want to encourage you, it's never too late. Now that you've got to do it. When he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, even to the end of the age, what he's saying is, however long I have you 100%, I'm happy with that. As long as I have you 100%. Mm-hmm. I want to tell you, Pastor David, Pastor Linda, that, that however long I have you, as long as I have you 100%. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And don't talk about it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, think about it! Here's the deal. When you are jealous of those that God is bringing in to do what you're unwilling to do, You become a distraction. Here's how you know you're a distraction. When it's hard for you to celebrate in the successions and victories of the church.
3: Check
1: your heart. Check your heart. Check your heart. heart. If when the church is celebrating something, And you say to yourself, yeah, well, I don't really feel like self. You are destruction. And the problem isn't the church. It's you. Y'all might not like this, and I'm a pastor, so I can say it. Any problem in the church is never the pastor. You know why? You know why? Let me tell you why. Because if the pastor is jacked up, God will deal with you. As long as you are submitted, God will deal with the pastor. Not the people. God will deal the best. So even if they are wrong and you are following wrong, God honors your heart. I don't know how many churches have been turned upside down because they figured God wasn't moving fast enough. You know how many mistakes? I've been to schools, I've read books, but there's nothing that teaches you to be a pastor. It took Jesus 30 years and he was the son of God. <laughs> now what he did, once he got it, for three years. The pastor was the man that my he ain't got it
2: right.
1: I've had leaders I called too fast. And man, the enemy just snuffed them out. And there's nothing that hurts me more. I will never do that again. Amen. Amen. What's worse than that? There are those I called too fast. The pastor said, no, 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 no. I said, no, no, no. I see it in them. I believe in them. But all the believing and the praying and the fasting and the seeing did not make them say yes. And you know what? In the end, they blame me. And you know what? They were right. Because I called them before they were ready. Before they were equipped for the battle, I called them. And that's tough. Don't do that. And I know, Pastor David, you won't do that. Amen. Pastor David, pass the promise of the words i leave with you today. The Lord is verse 4. If you are careful. Continue to carry out these commands. As apostolic calling is upon your life, pastors and their people will come through these gates, accompanied by their leaders and their people. And God will never leave you no forsake. So the church leaders and the members prepare for this because it is not just about oak or the legacy of LFCCWI is to be a church who pastors pastors leads in fundamental truth in order to do that LFCC must be a church that follows the man and woman of God as they follow God's lead no pastor is going to bring his church to another church who doesn't follow their pastor why would I bring broken people To another group of broken people. And God has called you to accelerate your maturity. To accelerate your acceptance. Accelerate your dedication. And accelerate your submission. Why? Because God has a plan. You can be a part of it. If you want to. You cannot send out rescuers into the torrent like a firm, fixed foundation to return to. Here's, here's the picture I want to give you. Many of you have seen the floods in the Midwest, floods, floods in the Southwest. You see somebody stuck in a raging river out there in the middle. You, see, you wonder to yourself, why doesn't somebody just jump out there and pull them back in? And you see the rescue people show up and they take their time, back the truck up, lock the truck down, put out the anchors, Put on their gear. Even though that person, sometimes close to drowning, sometimes drowning, stuck out there. They fix it. They fix it. They put it together. And they get all their stuff together before they send somebody out. Well, that's what God's been doing with you all.
2: Because, yeah, there's
1: lots of pastors who are out there in that turn who are drowning. But God cannot send Pastor David and Pastor Linda because what good would it be if he goes out there and what anchoring him sucks him into the torrent? Right. What okay. rescue would that be? Now you've only risked. Now I'm a Trekkie. Spock's favorite saying, I know they flipped it in the new movie, the lives of the many outweigh the life of one. And I say to you, LFCC, get your stuff firm. Get your finances firm. Get your marriage firm. Get your home firm. Because when he leaves, there's a new apostolic attack that comes. It's not just about O'Carver. Let me give you the vision I've seen all week. When I first was here in O'Carver, I saw eagles flying all over the place. Eagles flying. And I expected that when I came back. See, eagles, except what I've been seeing this past week, but nothing but crows. see crows flying everywhere. The other day I was driving, I saw a dead crow on the road. When he goes out to revive and restore, see, the crows circle around death. And when pastor goes from Oak Harbor to rescue the dead pastors and the dying churches and the things that are on life support, the ones who died three days ago. See, that's why Jesus didn't go to Lazarus on that day he died. He waited three days. Why? Because there was something in the faith that had to happen in the people that were going to be with him. Jesus had all the faith he needed, but there was something that had to work in those three days. Before he could step to the platform and say, "Lazarus, come forth," there was something that had something to do with everybody else and not Jesus. And I'm come to tell you, L O C C there's more to it than this. God has kept His promises. Pastors have kept their promises. Leaders have kept their promises. People have kept their promises. Now I challenge you. Move on to the rest of the world. Come on, give God a hand. Judah, the king of Judah, what is about to happen? The people don't change. And so the prophet's words come to pass. But years later, when the people did change, God's promise came back. And today, as we speak, hundreds of years after, Israel is a nation once again. And I look forward to the day the temple's reopened. Although it's not about the time. But the Bible says in Revelation that the temple will be reestablished. That's a sign and a symbol. Not that God is looking for the temple. Because Jesus said he's looking for the hearts of men. But I want to tell you this. This word is simply about assess yourself. In the military we'd say, chalk up. Do what they call a kick check. You don't want to be downrange and not have the kit you were supposed to have. Military's bought it for you. But what, Pastor and I, in our house, we lost power the other day. She says, where's your camping gear? Packed up in the attic. Don't be that Christian. It was down there on the battlefield. Your equipment was packed up in the attic. I got 15 flashlights in my gear. Didn't do me any good in my picture. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want you to search your heart as your eyes are closed. Search your heart. Search your heart. Search your heart. Search your heart. Don't get mad at me. Listen to God. Start your heart. If that's you, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. But if that's you, and, and as I was teaching, leaders, members, that was you. pastors, you got your eyes closed to. If that was you, I'll, you need to repent. You need to change. I believe you. God gives us points of contact. You know what my favorite sermon was when I was here? I can't remember her name. Pavi, I think her name was. Can I take your order, please? But if that's you tonight, this morning, you need to repent and change. I want you to raise your hand Raise your hand. Raise it, up, put it down. Raise it 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 up, put it down. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is raising an army. Dear Father, for each and every one who honestly assessed their heart, there's nothing more beautiful to God than repentance. It's an opportunity to do something and allow God to take you someplace He's never taken you before. God, I breathe into them a new heart, a new spirit, a changed heart and a changed spirit. That God, this word, promises given, promises fulfilled, would then extend to them saying, and this is my part so that every celebration, whether their name is named or not, they will know and rejoice in confidence that I did my part. That I did my part. Embrace them, Lord, in your truth. Embrace them, Lord, in the joy of a new tomorrow. Embrace them, Lord, in the celebration of 20 wonderful years. And many more to come. With a new call. And a new vision. And a new venture, God. That only takes them higher. And yes, puts a bigger demand on them. But God, they are ready. So keep them firm, God. Seal this word in them, God. Let not the enemy steal it from them. Or change it in any way. But the words of the living God. Fall afresh in their hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen.
0: But we're also here to operate. Yeah. To function, to move forward, amen. We celebrate where God has brought us from in the preparation over 20 years that He's done in us, amen, for so really what He wants to do. All we haven't accomplished yet. Hallelujah. You look at a child, amen, at age 20, they're just not ready to go out into the world. They think they've grown. And as we allow God to develop us, amen, we want to see greater, but and earth has a call and a mantle amen that he wants to bring into this place and into our lives. And if we embrace those, there's no no position that man can ever give you all the way to with due respect to the presidency of the United States that has the power and the authority and deserves the honor as much as the call to the fivefold And we need to recognize that. We can rise to great heights naturally and feel that that equates us in it, but it doesn't. God has a whole other plan that far supersedes anything that we can do in the natural. And when we, as individuals and as a body, yield ourselves to the Spirit of God, we can do some powerful things. Change lives, change communities, change nations. Twelve men turned the world upside down. Because they yielded themselves unto God. And I believe we can we can shake up this region as we yield ourselves to God. They come into light and into order of what it is that God wants to do. And He's yet doing, Amen, for those who are willing, Amen. So let's let's go to the book of Kings. That I'm gonna call my elders to come. I want to read in your hearing. Amen. And it's just that same chapter, chapter 8 in First Kings. The elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes and the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel unto King Solomon in Jerusalem, that they might bring up the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is in Zion, which is Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto King Solomon at the feast in the month of Esther, which is the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the ark. And they brought up the ark of the Lord and the tabernacle of the congregation, and all the holy vessels that were in the tabernacle, even those did the priest and the Levites bring up. And King Solomon and all of the congregation of Israel that were assembled with unto him were with him before the ark, meaning they were with him before the presence of the Lord. And I want us to take that in mind. And we're in the presence of the Lord. Sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be told nor numbered for multitudes stop about to think about a sacrifice. What is it that we need to sacrifice unto the Lord as we make a dedication? What is it in our lives? What is it in our thinking? What is it in our heart that we need to sacrifice unto the Lord as we make this dedication? Some things need to be laid aside and let go and left forever, burnt up just like the sacrifice on the altar of God so it no longer stays on the altar of your heart. In your mind, that could not be numbered. And the priest brought the ark of the covenant and the law of the Lord unto his place, into the oracle of the house, to the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim spread forth their two wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubim covered the ark and the stage thereof above. And they drew out the stage that the ends of the stage were even out of the holy, out in the holy place before the Oracle. And they were not seen without. And they, and there were they all, we are unto this day, there they are unto this day. There was nothing in the ark save the two tablets of stone which Moses put there in, at Hebrew. Which is what? the law of God the word of God when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt and it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not could not stand to minister because of the cloud that's we'll be looking for we want the presence of God to be thick, not just in here when we worship. We want it when we pray. We want it in our homes. Amen. Because we have committed ourselves, we have dedicated ourselves, we have consecrated ourselves unto God. I, I would fearlessly ask how many times we've felt that kind of power even show up in our homes. It's a lack of consecration and dedication. What well, can happen? I've experienced it at home. Hallelujah. When you consecrate yourself and dedicate yourself, amen, that all you need right now is the presence of God. And when that presence shows up, healing takes place, deliverance takes place, breakthrough takes place, supernatural things begin to happen that we only read about otherwise. And when we all get with one mind and one accord. Hallelujah. You're thinking. Acting the same, believing the same, stretching out the same. We want a people that are with one mind. But we can be in the same place, and our minds be everywhere else. Oh, yeah, we can be assembled together in one place. But when I say one accord, I mean we're on the same wavelength spiritually. The same mind to see the move of God, the presence of God, having the same expectancy. Ah. that's what we're looking for as we move forward in this place to fill the house so that the minister could not minister see I'm mean, gonna have a problem with that sometimes pastors are like I've got to the preach if God show up and do all he all we need is the benediction if that the Lord has done what he needs to do hallelujah and he said the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord Then spake Solomon. The Lord said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. I have surely built thee a house to dwell in, a settled place for thee to abide in forever. And that's what we're trying to do is to put together a place, and the place represents. Heart of the people that God can come and find a place that He can abide forever. I remember a few years ago as we were in the prayer room and we began to pray right in that little room. The elders and we all want to go. And the Spirit of God showed up in that little room. And as we were praying, God spoke to me in my spirit. Amen. And said, I will abide here. And he was speaking specifically of that room as I, you know, in the spirit conversing with God. But see, now I'm believing and praying that God is going to move from that room. See, he gives us a visitation here, he gives us a visitation in our homes. But it is my prayer that he would not just abide in that room but because of the heart of the people, the unity of the people, the oneness and the dedication of the people, that he can abide in this sanctuary. Not just give us a visitation, but that he will abide here because we set our hearts on high for him. We begin to make the sacrifices of those things in our lives that would separate us from him. Amen. And bring in uncleanness and corruption and we know how to come to the altar where God abides and lay things down as the enemy tries to bring things up. We know how to lay them down before the Lord. The Lord, we surrender. So as we stand here as a body, as a congregation, in the presence of the Lord, and with our leaders and our elders, we want to make this dedication. But as we read this, don't just think about the building. Think about your life, think about your heart, think about what God has for us to do beyond these walls, as we dedicate this unto the Lord. So as I read, you'll read as it says for the congregation, hallelujah. Tabernacles, O oh Lord of hosts. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who build it. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. To the glory of God the Father, who has called us by his grace, God the Son, who loved us and gave himself for us, God the Holy Spirit, who illumines and strengthens us. For the worship of God in prayer and praise, for the preaching of the redeeming gospel, for the celebration of the gospel in baptism and in the Lord's Supper, for the comfort of those who mourn, for strength to those who are tempted, for the light. To those who seek the way. We this house. For the hallowing of family life, for teaching and guiding our young. you right now to never let us be the same. the ushers to begin to usher oh, the oh, congregation oh. before.
3: I okay. let yeah. yeah.
0: to step into This is an opportunity for to bring change in your life. Mindsets, old habits, and addictions. And, come on now. God has given us an opportunity It's almost ten of are crossing the Red Sea. Hallelujah. But you know when they crossed the Red Sea There was some work to be done Huh? I said when they crossed over They had to get to work See on the other side God did a whole lot of stuff for them Didn't let their clothes wear out He kept them Because he had a plan for them He's kept them because he's got a plan for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're not here by accident. You're not here by mistake. Uh-huh. But you're here to the purposes of God. Yeah. Now we can grab hold of the message this morning and do what we need to do. So that years down the road we can celebrate. Or yeah. we cannot do what God is telling us to do and end up getting kicked out. Set before you life and death, good and evil. Choose. Jeremiah said, Choose for this day. You're going to serve. We can serve ourselves and our own interests, or we can serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and He'll take care of all our interests. It's up to us. Hallelujah. I'm going to get out the
1: Pastor, you have prayed for us, and we want to pray for you. So here's what I want us to do. Pastor, if you would come, the rest of us are going to get off the stage. Pastor, you and Pastor Linda are going to stay on the stage. I want you to take your shoes off, because it's not proper protocol for me to pray for your head. But I certainly can pray for your people. Come on now. And as I pray, we are saying, what? I'm on that. <laughs> we accept your apostleship. Man. And we will call you Apostle David from this day forward. So hey, your spiritual God is still. that you're no longer cold, but sure. you're a passionate There is a wondrous work that happens. Yeah. As Reed the other day calls, says, Is it okay for a possible takeaway? I wrote it. Who's that going? Members, family, friends, I want you to stretch your hands towards us. Come on, y'all get close. Get close. Get close. close. Somebody let me know when everybody's had an opportunity. praying for these persons there's a difference there's a love there's a passion though we consecrate into these people the work of the apostles consecrate into this people the calling the yearning, the drawing God, you, like David declared, be a lamp unto his feet, a light unto his path. Be a shepherd, Lord. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, let not fear draw nigh. But, Lord, rather let grace and mercy follow them every day of their life. Prepare a table. In the presence of their enemies, Lord. Lead them beside the still waters. You bring them back to the island. Waters all around. Let those waters be still. Let those waters be refreshing, God. Let those waters be nurturing, God. Let those waters be uplifting, God. God, let this be a harbor. Where the oaks stand strong, a harbor, a harbor, Lord, that when they've been out on the sea, that's tossed, they will pull back into this harbor and find strength in the oak. Thank God, those oaks that are cut down to build ships, so strong they can withstand any wave. This oak harbor, Lord God, you have a purpose in the middle of the Puget Sound. That he would hear the sound of the Lord's calling. And from this launching place, God, go forth and do your work. God, not any work, but your work. Consecrated, unique, established in you, God. I pray into this foundation. That which you have ordained shall not fail. That which you have brought forth shall accomplish what it was set out to do. And so God, even now, we claim the victory. Claim the glory. Claim that which you are doing. God, we love you. God, we love you. God, we love you. Seal this by the name that is greater than any other name. That at that name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God the Father declares, blessed are the feet, beautiful are the feet that brings forth the good news, God. We pray this. Sons unto Father. Daughters unto mother, Children unto parents. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Father, we thank you right now for what you're doing. We thank you for the establishment of this word in the name of Jesus. We honor you today, oh God. We love you today, oh God. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Put your hands
3: together. Amen.
0: Right. There. everything up, I also want to honor the big man